0: we're on episode 112 and uh, we're talking about all the people that are listening and we do appreciate it really. We have uh, a couple of hundred listening on a weekly basis so we're real excited about that your wife listening 75
1: times she only listens (laughs) once once. but
0: i do listen too so (laughs) i I like to critique myself like to critique yourself yeah i do but anyway this is 112 so we've been doing it a while now it's exciting so as you listen as we always say make sure somebody else uh, knows about the podcast whether you contact them through any of your social social media platforms or text them or whatever even give them a phone call or you could write them snail mail. That would be weird, but you could do it anyway. Do
1: you ever make phone calls, Trey?
0: Do I? I yeah. do it all the time because I'm calls? old. Because you're old. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I'm more comfortable talking to somebody. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah I can hear it in most your voice. People, well,
1: most people have phones and only use, use them to make phone
0: calls, right? Using the <laughs> text. Uh, they would, but they would complain if they could not make a phone call. I guess. That would be the deal. Wait, that'd
1: be cool. I mean, maybe we need to invent that. I'll call Steve Jobs up. Just a texting phone. Yeah, a man. Texting only phone. There Half we price. Got. You're yeah. going to
0: call it Steve? He's he's dead. But uh, what? Oh, you're right. My bad, <laughs>
1: Tim Cook. I, I can't. Tim Cook. Yeah, that's that's
0: right. right. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, you help us stretch our reach beyond the immediate church family and influence others and get them listening to how they can connect Christ-centered faith to their everyday life. So we're excited about that opportunity. Also today, a uh, special treat. Uh, we have one of our uh, missionaries that we support and uh, with prayer and and uh, mission teams and, uh, all kind of resources. And we're excited to have him here. Uh, pastor Ivy Rhodes, your from son, Boston, Massachusetts, and he's in a place called Jamaica Plain, Jamaica Plain. And not it has nothing to do with Jamaica. Yeah. And he is my son. So that's yeah. cool.
1: Ivy. Welcome. How are you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good. Thank you. Good, Thanks good, good.
1: Welcome. We are the power of the internet. He's in Boston this morning at home with his family and, um, we're getting ready to send a team to mm-hmm, Boston mm-hmm. Saturday. We'll send, and I'm going. You're going, and we've got, what, six or seven people, I yeah, think, yeah. going mm-hmm. to Boston. And it's going to be a, a great trip. You guys are going to do a lot for the kingdom while you're there. And so, man, we just thought it would be fun to have a conversation with Ivy. If you are a faithful listener to the podcast, we had Ivy on the podcast, I guess almost two years ago. Probably. I mean, yeah. Right when we began. Uh, and we talked about just his relationship with you and some some lessons both of you guys learned as father, son. And that whole, and that was really cool. That was one of the episodes that got a lot of listens. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we didn't have an opportunity then to talk to Ivy, the church planter. And so we wanted to have a conversation and just kind of get an update from him uh, as life as a church planter. So, Ivy, uh, for those who don't mm-hmm. know, you've been in Boston uh, pastoring mosaic church to make a plane for what three years now yeah,
2: got it five years so has it been that a long decade. my goodness september so, 2nd will be five so, years so yeah. here's
1: the first question at what point are you no longer a church planter
2: um that is a great question and one that i do not have clarity <laughs> on because i know that there are churches here that are over a decade all old that still call themselves new churches now oh, yeah. one thing uh, in context of boston uh as it is with Charleston, there's a lot of old churches here. Yeah. So being even a decade old is a new church. You're a new kid on the uh, block. Boston. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay.
1: So, so just a couple questions. One, so you, you obviously, you, you grew up here in Charleston, lived here in Charleston. Where did you go to college? I forget.
2: Charleston Southern. Okay, so yes. you
1: never left Charleston until you moved to Boston, really.
2: Well, no, we moved around a little bit. So okay. We moved to Wake Forest for my dad to go Yeah, Seminary. And we, he pastored in a place called utahville south carolina then we moved to greer south carolina and then back down to charleston to start the church
1: okay so so why boston that's a long Uh, way from home bro
2: it is yeah that is a uh that's a story and i'll try to make it quick it basically starts with being in charleston working with my dad at church plant and feeling a deep call from god to plant a church um so much so that i kind of shook it off for a while Mm Mm-hmm uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't shake it off. You know, I did, I tried. And, um, eventually you know, had the conversation with my dad and said, I think God's calling me to plant a church. And I think the next step is to go to seminary. Uh, I had my Bible degree from Charleston Southern, but wanted to get that in div and, and get the experience there. And also one of my big thoughts was doing that was I'm going to make connections at seminary that can help me determine where God's at work and, and where I can get involved. And, um, so we went to Wake Forest, and I went to Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and while I was there, met some great people. Uh, we always had uh, what are called the Send City Missionaries. I don't know how familiar everybody yeah. is with that, but uh, through the Southern Baptist, they have um, different cities that they focused on. It used to be like 35. I think it's increased now, um, but Boston was one of those cities. We would have people come through the seminary all the time, kind of pitching to get church planters. Uh, had a guy come through from Boston, and really, man, he he laid out a vision for what they're doing in Boston that was super compelling. Um, we had already kind of honed in on the Northeast and had visited New York City. That was too much. Our first night in New York City, uh, kind of trying to discern whether we wanted to try to plant there. Saw like a night nice fight on the street and stuff, and I was like, oh, "Nice." Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah. Was that when? Um, was that
0: when your car got towed and everything too? Yeah,
2: and then my car got towed. I had like a four hundred and fifty dollar bill. and yeah, that was telling. Th- yeah, me that's, that's that, definitely that was God saying, saying <laughs> you don't
1: belong here. Yeah, yeah. So
2: uh. anyway, we did a couple other cities like that: Baltimore, um, uh, DC, New York City. Anyway, and eventually I went to Boston on my own. Flew up there, met with a guy named Curtis Cook. Um, He's an excellent pastor up here. And he just really confirmed uh, everything that I had learned about Boston. And one of the things that was so compelling about Boston, is, uh, you know, it shouldn't be this way, but as a pastor, there can be this sense of competition between churches. Mm -hmm. We're all on the same team. It shouldn't be that way, but it Mm -hmm. happens. And I um, found that in some places it was that way, and that was not compelling to me, and I didn't want to be a part of that per se. Um, So I... Boston seemed different. It seemed like there was a brotherhood, um, uh, between the pastors. And I found that to be, uh, mostly true, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and so especially inside the Southern Baptist, uh, circles, uh, very much a brotherhood. Um, so, you know, when I came up here, it was just like super compelling what God was doing. And Boston went from, this is one of the things they told me, Boston went from like 10 church plants. Mm-hmm. Um, a decade ago, uh, I think by the time I had gotten up here, it was like 55 church plants. Oh, wow. And so, and that's the Boston area. It's not just inside the city limits. Um, so it was, it was, um, God was really doing something. And mm-hmm. so that was it. And I brought Allie up here. I remember my, my way I had found this place called Jamaica Plain, which is such a strange name in the middle of Boston. And I actually did a project on it in seminary for my final, final, it wasn't a master's thesis, but it was a long paper uh, on Boston and Jamaica Plain for church planning degree. And um, I just honed it on Jamaica Plain cause it was weird. But um, I um, walked through Boston, came, prayed the whole way, landed in Jamaica Plain. It was, it was a spiritual confirmation from the Holy Spirit. Mm. That was where we were supposed to be. And I brought Allie up here about three months later. And I remember her, the conversation, she was, you gotta understand, she was about seven months pregnant at the time that I brought her up here, and it was about 90 degrees outside, mm-hmm. and we're walking through Jamaica Plain, and she goes, this is it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like, yeah, yep, this, this is, is right. great.
2: <laughs> it's so awesome. And she's like, it looks like a little town, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, um, and you have to understand that about Boston is you have the big city downtown, but outside you have all these neighborhoods that are pretty dense. There's no yeah. doubt they're pretty dense. But they have like a town feel. You know, they have a main street and all this stuff, which is really cool. But you don't feel so like when we had this sense when I had this sense of going to the city, I'm thinking high rises and all this stuff. But it turned out we started to live and work in a, a real neighborhood. Yeah. Um in Jamaica Plain. So nice. Yeah, I nice. guess yeah, that's kind
1: of the story there. Yeah. yeah. So, so you were with your dad, who was a church planter at that time in Mount Pleasant. Trey, when you yep. guys were, when your son started talking to you about church planting, mm-hmm. did you say, look, look at what I do. You don't want to do this. <laughs> did you have did, that? I, there
0: was <laughs> a little of that. I said, I basically said, you know, when you get into church planting, yeah. it better be the real deal. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not simple. Uh, you have all these dreams of how it's going to work. It never does. You got to move forward. Uh, two things that Ivy and I talked about in particular, that you got to have a building, you got to have money. You don't have those two resources and we understand the Holy Spirit. And that is assuming that the Holy Spirit is working, that he's working through what you're doing. You're leading people to Christ. You still, we felt like you had to do that. Well, God is working in Jamaica Plain to do these things, which is so exciting to see. So in
1: the midst of the pandemic, right, you guys got a building, right, Ivy?
0: We did. Yeah. Yeah. We were meeting in a school for, uh, three
2: years, I guess, uh, two and a half years. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, we got a building cause you know, it's sad to hear, but there was a church that was just kind of going downhill yeah. for a long time. And they were, they were a good church preaching the gospel, which is kind of rare in Boston, but they just didn't have it anymore. The pastor was getting older.
0: Of a de- yeah. It was another yeah. denomination as well. And yeah. that's, that's yeah, what's cool the because they've yeah. been able to, you know, the denominations even work together, yeah. which is really cool. CMA. So Christian missionary Alliance. Yeah
1: doctrinal yep. convictions uh, that are common. similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. A little bit different, but yeah. You know. um, anyway. And so, yeah, they offered it to us and they liked that we're paying them rent. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's been awesome. Really awesome.
1: So both churches, your church and the other church, are both sharing that space then for now.
2: Um, well, the other church has uh, disbanded. Okay. And we're oh. sharing it with a Spanish congregation. Oh, nice. That Great. Place. Yep.
1: Nice, Mm -hmm. nice, nice. So, so growing up, pastor's home, church planter, you, you, you moved from Charleston to Boston to plant, mosaic plant. You've got all this background of serving with your dad. You did ministry with him. You have Charleston, a very historic city, much like Boston. You have Mm -hmm. that as your background Mm -hmm. for you moving to Boston. Um, what were the, what, what was the biggest culture shock for you coming from the South? moving up north to plant a church in this place that is, I mean, obviously in some ways similar to Charleston, but in a lot of ways not similar at all. What were the biggest Mm. challenges? What were the biggest culture shocks you experienced? Going from the Bible Belt to the not so much the Bible Belt.
2: Yeah, not the Bible Belt at all. Um, There is no underlying sense of Christianity Mm. in in the uh, cultural air. And... Politically, I all oh, even Raleigh, which is a bit more because I lived in near Raleigh in Wake Forest, uh, a bit more liberal um, politically than some place like Charleston or South Carolina as a whole, just a little bit. Um, it was still very conservative, <laughs> and then coming yeah. to Boston politically, um, you know, it's I, Jamaica Plain is the central hub of. Um, political liberal political people Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it is like it is like uh if you were do a hot spot literally i've seen the map hot spot of uh where the most people vote blue or however you want to say it. that's it that was a shock to me i mean because I, I just had to get used to that because it just wasn't what i grew up in and so they on almost every level are coming from a different worldview that is to say um and of course let me say this uh Biblically, theologically, extremely liberal. Like I mean, like off the reservation, liberal. Yeah. Universalist Unitarian Church, the first Universalist Unitarian Church in America, is in Jamaica Plain, mm. and um, and uh, there's two other churches besides us that preach the gospel in Jamaica Plain. Mm. So um, there's lots of different church buildings, lots of different people. They're in churches, they just don't preach the gospel. Um, they look like churches, but they're not, you know, actual churches. So um, anyway. So all I was to say, like, just theologically, uh, politically, it was like a huge uh, change. Now, I will say that I learned that, uh, and this is going to sound so stupid. I'm, I'm sorry for my um, for my uh, ignorance and, I don't know, just uh, my naivety. Yeah. yeah, that's the word. I have, uh, I didn't know that I could be such good friends with people on a different political spectrum than me.
1: Wait, that's possible? Um,
2: and, that is actually possible. Um, I didn't And know people that, that I, 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 I really, I mean, it sounds so, I'm, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. No, I, like, I'm not well, totally yeah. being real.
1: Well, we, <laughs> I know, I, yeah. know
2: <laughs> I know you're being, I know, no, I understand. Yeah. I'm just saying like, so opposite from, from how I grew up. Yeah, how yeah I know. that's what I'm saying. And yeah. so, and it, um, it was, it's, it's been helpful for me in understanding the world a little bit. Mm. I always kind of grew up thinking from a political perspective especially that it was that another political group was trying to sabotage our political group the more conservative group and it, that's what it was about um, but I've learned that these people actually believe what they what they uh, vote for and yeah. the problem with that it's not necessarily good but they're not trying to sabotage anybody they're just living their life and they think that is the best way yeah. and there's some you know uh, it's, it's helped Sorry, this is probably the sh- most shocking thing to most people to move up here. That's why I'm bringing this up, but, uh, from the South, but you know, there's some good things that have come to my understanding. Um, and I'm still the freak conservative in my circles. There's yeah. no doubt there. Um, but, uh, I've, I've come to understand people better because of getting maybe out of a, uh, Southern, um, uh, conservative, politically conservative bubble. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, and that was good. That's been good.
1: Yeah. I think about here, in, you know, in Charleston, the South in general, I mean, it's not what it was 40 years ago or even 20 years ago, sure. you know, yep. as far as the culture, the culture, even down South is drifting further, uh, left in some ways, you know, and, uh, but, but still, you know, I mean, we're still in the Bible belt. Mm-hmm. And, and for example, you know, if I, if I go out and I could get get my hair cut, and, you know, I tell the lady my hair, my pastor, she generally responds, oh, that's nice, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, there's, you know, I, usually people respect yeah. the position I'm in. They might not be Christian, might not care to be Christian, but yeah, I don't get people like saying, oh, you're a pastor. What's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're one of those. You know, I, <laughs> I don't get that, you know, it's usually, but what, if you tell somebody in Jamaica "Playing? oh yeah, I, I'm the pastor, at a, how, how does that usually go that conversation or do you just identify yeah. as something else?
2: <laughs> um, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, so it depends. Most yeah. people have respect. Mm-hmm. I have ran into people that, <clears throat> I mean, literally, I'm not making this up. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have gotten death threats, uh, for mm. being a pastor. Um, but that's not usual. That's had that's happened like twice over email and people are crazy. So, yeah. um, you know, the usual is most people are respectful they may disagree. Uh, for instance, getting my haircut though, I've had a, a sort of really great, uh, friendship with my, uh, barber and, um, she grew up Catholic, but we get, we talk about faith all the time. She knows the pastor's coming in she doesn't really, uh, attend uh, mass or anything anymore. But, um, anyway, so, you know, there's you people are usually respectful and yeah. you can run into some people that aren't, yeah. but, they just disagree and yeah. you know, you'll find sometimes you find certain subjects are not the subjects you start with. Right. You, you want to build that relationship before you get into, um, other, other issues. So
1: this is kind of an odd question. So you think about your time in Boston now, has it been what you thought it would be? I mean, what, what have been the surprises yeah. along the way? What, what, you know what I'm saying? I mean, um, the vision that you had mm-hmm. for what Boston would be and what ministry would be like there. How is the reality different than the vision you've had? Or is it?
2: Um, It it is. I I will say I had a really good um, first year here where I was trained in in a residency at a church here in Boston that woke me up to reality. Now, I will say that that church is very successful. It's the other Mosaic church in Mm -hmm. a different neighborhood a few miles away. Um, But um, it's been slow, but I, you know, I was in a church plant with my dad and I knew the struggles of church planting and it is a hard, hard thing to do. Um,
0: I think, and you know, it's a hard, church planting, uh, yeah, I was going to say is it's a hard thing to do when you're in a good situation where people do believe the Bible and yeah. other things, it's still hard. Yeah. So yeah. then to compare that yeah. to where he is, where nobody a
1: post, completely post-Christian culture, yeah, post-Christian
0: completely. So anyway, yeah. just yep. throwing that in there.
2: Yeah, and so I guess I just say that to say that I knew the, the struggles, and I knew it was going to be difficult. Um, I, uh, you know, the thing. This is it. I know what it is. The um, the turnover mm. of people, the transiency. Um, we've grown this church uh, to three hundred people. Um, in fact, I was looking at our <clears throat> attendance, uh, and not you know you always have people go out the back door, if they move even for good reasons out the back door, um, but you know. Um, about 15 to 25% of our congregation leaves every year and not for bad reasons, just because they graduated or they, uh, are getting a different job or whatever. Yeah. A host of different reasons. And cities typically, um, kind of the Northeastern cities where you have these schools and, um, institutions like that are more transient. Um, in Boston that, that blew me away. So you yeah. have to not just grow a church at fifteen I think the typical to get into the weeds a little bit here, uh, the typical growth rate to continue growing is about fifteen percent and you know, on average. Uh, we figure we have to grow about twenty five percent a year just to stay even.
1: Yeah, um, just to take your current attendance level.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in order to grow any, yeah, we gotta do about thirty percent a year. So Um, yeah, that was, that was much harder than even when we were down in Mount Pleasant, um, where, yeah, yeah, you you have some people,
0: some transiency, but not compared to what it is up here. Mm -hmm. Did that, does, does the transiency translate over to consistency with, uh, leadership and those kind of things as well? Or (sighs) is is that a whole different structure or situation?
2: So what we found is we have a few people that we know are here for the long haul meaning mm. that they have good jobs, that they don't plan on leaving. Now they may leave, but you know, as far as we can tell and they can tell there's no plans to, Right. Those are the people that end up just by default becoming your best friends. Um, mm. because they're the ones that have been here the longest and, uh, you trust to still be around. And one thing that can become really hard when you're in such a transient place is to give your heart away to people, mm-hmm. um, and, and mm. love them well. And so, for better or for worse, you almost have to disconnect from the idea of somebody becoming your best friend mm-hmm. um, wow. and just loving them like they are your best friend, knowing that they probably will be gone in 18 months to two years. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I've gotten better at that, but it was really hard in the beginning. Yeah.
0: Really yeah, hard to say so. Yeah. yeah,
1: And you have, I mean, cause you, you've talked to us a little bit and, and you don't have to get into these details, uh, but in the five years you've gone through some pretty significant challenges mm-hmm. yeah. so as far as dealing with people and some specific issues that have come up with people and having to walk through some of those issues with them. And you, you've seen people come and go o- over some of those challenges, right? And so that, that makes it
2: yeah. difficult. Yeah. And I on. don't want to say, yeah, we, early on within the first year of the church, we had a major fallout, um, over, uh, marriage and Christian sexual ethics. And, um, uh we had a group of people in leadership that didn't agree with uh, the scriptures and our stated beliefs, plain stated beliefs. And um, in a sense, they tried to take over the church about a year in. And, um, and their goal was to turn it into a uh, more progressive church. And I said, that's not going to happen. And um, we had a few people stand with us and, we made it through that time but we lost about 30 people through that uh, early on and that was that was devastating but god yes. within that year uh, you know it was that it was that point just a year into the church planning process was like i don't know if we're going to survive this yeah um but within a year god had replaced every single one of them and brought some really awesome people Mm. help us. It was, it was good. It God was is good. So Incredible. you've been,
1: you've been living like all of us through COVID-19 and COVID-2020 mm-hmm. and COVID-2021 and probably covid twenty twenty two and <laughs> so forth. Um, so I know, I know you guys have, have struggled, like every church has struggled to navigate through, uh, this mess of a situation we've been in, but as you, as you think about the future, um, think about the mystery there, what God has already done, what are you most excited about?
2: Oh man, I am most excited. We just got a new uh, staff member. We have not, since we have started, have not had a uh, consistent music worship leader. Um, so the guy on staff's name is Matt. He is helping us with that. And he's also doing our community groups, um, along with just everything else <laughs> I asked him to do. Mm. And that is as far as like being able to do more. Yeah is significant. So you guys are coming up on a mission trip. And what was awesome is I was able to hand off to him pretty mm. much the logistics of your trip and awesome. then continue doing everything else that yeah, I had to do. That's great. That's great. Um, and, um, which means your trip is going to be better and that we're going to do more ministry and really mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So I think that kind of dynamic is going to be really helpful to, yeah. Um, the continued momentum of the church and that going forward, as long as, you know, Boston doesn't shut us down again uh, because of COVID, you know, um, we got some good momentum going forward for
0: sure. Yeah. uh, One thing that is interesting to me, surprised me is how much the Catholic church has influence over local politics Mm -hmm. and local government officials. And really you can thank the Catholic church for us. You being able to worship freer, Then you probably would have been able to, right? I remember Uh, that because they really. So uh, you know, help comes from the strangest places. So, um, isn't that kind of true? true. I mean, that and that would happen. So So, thank the Lord for that.
2: Yeah. So this is very interesting. So mask mandates come back indoors in Boston starting tomorrow. So that would mean on Sunday we have to require everybody to wear masks. But there was one carve (laughs) out, one single carve out for all the mask mandates, and it's churches. (laughs) <laughs> um houses of worship including mosques and anything right right <laughs> um, and everybody's like what <laughs> that makes no sense and it's because of the influence of
0: Catholic Church <laughs> that
2: being said we are going to uh we're going to encourage you know people, people to wear, wear their mask like kind I of Yeah, we stuff. will we be wearing
0: them too. so you don't yeah, have to worry about go. telling us go.
2: oh yeah well I've told the team they, they have to <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so. hey well listen if, if you're part of the Northwood family um, you are supporting mm-hmm. Ivy and mosaic church as a faith family. We've sent teams back and forth. We've, we helped them. some of you might remember, we helped them to Mm. get their new facility financially. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we try to continue to financially support them on a monthly basis. And so if you're part of Northwood family uh, through your regular giving uh, you are helping um, Ivy and his church continue to grow in the Boston area. And if you've been to Boston to serve with Ivy, I know you've experienced that blessing. And so if you're listening to this, today on the day of this podcast releases, is the teams are actually already there. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they left on Saturday. So Trey, this is kind of weird. No we're kind of, we're kind of in the past and the future at the same time and uh, also in the present. So it's anyway, yeah, it's mind boggling, but, uh, but do be praying this week for the team that is in Boston and we'll be updating you as we get word from them how God's using them. But, but I we appreciate you and we thank you for what you're doing. And, um, I'm, thank I'm you. very thankful we get to partner with you and just to hear the perspective of what's going on in Boston. I think it's, it's, it's helpful for us here to know, I mean, even in the United States of America, mm. there are some areas that it's just, it's just a different world mm. you know, in really a lot is. of ways, yeah. and, and, and and it doesn't change anything, because he, here we are in Charleston, we think we're in the Bible Belt, which we are, there's the, you know, there's a, a, a plethora of churches, but there's also a plethora of lost people. There is. You know, and um, and the needs in the Charleston area are just as significant as the needs in Boston and everywhere else in the world, so uh, just to remind be faithful where we are.
0: It's good. Pa- pastor ivy as we uh, close um I'm, i usually ask pastor tommy this but uh if there's one thing that we can i guess pray for over uh of what's going on in mosaic and there in jamaica plain what's the best way we can pray for you
2: yeah um we we have been praying um for five years better part of five years for god to reach um Jamaica Plain for, for the Lord. And, um, and we, this year we will have a, not our own church plant. We've supported these church plants. One, today I'm actually doing a training session with one of the church plants, uh, to help them with their audio visual stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we now have three gospel preaching churches in all three main neighborhoods, uh, sub yeah. neighborhoods of the neighborhood of Jamaica Plain yeah. Um, and that's the new, newest one will start in September. Mm-hmm. um, which is what I'm training today. And so, uh, but the other one started last September in the middle of COVID and they're still going. So, um, you know, when I prayed that prayer, my thought was, is that possibly we personally would have little churches all over, mm-hmm. you know, that was my thought But God, um, God had a different idea of how to do it. And I'm just thankful that he's answering that prayer. Amen. Um, and so just continue to pray for that.
0: We will, we will. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Starting a new trip in Jamaica Plain is not easy. Amen. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> All right, That's good well, man.
2: Great to
1: have you. Glad brother. we could to have Ivy on as a church planter today, not just as your son. Well, he is your son. That's yeah. important too.
0: Not just as my son, though. Right. But, uh, That's good. Well, Pastor Tommy, thank you for getting this together and uh, just uh, getting us a vision for what's going on there in Boston. And as we close, uh, just uh, remind people to come yeah. back and join right. us next yeah. week. Yeah, well, we do
1: hope this has been helpful for you today. You've been encouraged by what you've heard. Again, thankful for Ivy and the ministry he's doing in Boston. You continue to pray for him as you think about him and his church. Uh, mosaic plain mosaic jamaica plain i always get it confused that's a lot that's a mouthful it's all right hey if you uh enjoy what you heard today go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week leave us a five-star review that always helps us get word out about our podcast and as always we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life